Hello and welcome to On the Front Lines of Caregiving. I am your host, Lynette Whiteman, and today we are going to be focusing on a topic that I certainly struggle with as a caregiver. It's called guilt. And I have the perfect guest to help us deal with this awful feeling. Dr. Julie Davelman is a clinical psychologist who works with Abram Psychological Services. Dr. Davelman works with older adults and caregivers to help them develop better coping strategies for the difficulties they may be facing. Welcome, Dr. Davelman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let's jump right in. Okay, so from a psychological point of view and from a psychological perspective, what is the official definition of guilt? So the definition of guilt is when you feel bad about something bad that has happened to somebody else. If somebody has been hurt and you're feeling responsible for it. The other big area of guilt is when you feel you have violated some sort of societal norm or moral. And evolutionary, this was useful in keeping people in line with society's norms and morals so that people don't act out in ways that society disapproves of. And guilt makes you want to say, I'm sorry, and change your behavior. What I'd like to differentiate it from is the feeling of shame, which people often use interchangeably with guilt, but there's a fundamental difference between the two. And what I find is that very often when people talk about guilt, what they're actually referring to is shame. So the difference between the feeling of guilt and shame is that shame is the feeling that something that because of something you did, you're an awful person. So it's not an evaluation of your behavior. It's an over, uh, it's an evaluation of yourself. So unlike feeling guilty, which makes you want to say, I'm sorry and change your behavior. Shame makes you want to change a piece of yourself. Okay. And that's where often people run into problems. Okay. So, okay. So if you're a caregiver and you're caring for somebody and you don't feel like you're really, so, all right. So if you feel like you're not really doing a good job with them, or you could be doing more with them, or you could be better, nicer to them or whatever, that's, that's more shame because you're evaluating yourself. But let's say it depends on what your second part of your thought is. If I should have spent more than two hours yesterday, next time I'll try to do spend five hours, that's guilt, right? If I only spent two hours yesterday with my mother, I'm an awful daughter, that's shame. Okay. So if I yelled at, if I lost my patience with my mother and I yelled at her, that would be guilt because I would try to not do that the next time, right? Correct. If that's what you say to yourself afterwards, I shouldn't do that. Let me try to control my temper next time. That's coming from guilt. Guilt. Okay. So it seems like caregivers carry around both shame and guilt, right? But I guess it's easier to say I feel guilty than I'm ashamed of myself. For most people, that has a different connotation. Uh, So do you think that people have, do different people other than psychopaths, I'm guessing, have a different propensity to feel guilt or shame? Like are some people either brought up to feel more or it's a cultural thing, or you think most of us carry this around and just don't talk about it as much? 
So there's a couple of answers to that question. So the purpose of guilt is to maintain interpersonal relationships, right? It's, it's meant as a cue that something went wrong in an interpersonal relationship and you need to go and fix it. Right. So um, women tend to feel more more guilt and more intense guilt than men do because in society they often fulfill the relationship role. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one part. The other part is that in some ways evolution has dictated that guilt is to be part of some relationships. For example, um, it is an evolutionary useful trait, I guess, or emotion for a mother to feel guilty because she's more likely to take care of her young. So those mothers Ah. that felt more guilty took better care of their young, more likely to survive, and hence that trait evolved. Okay. So it is possible that with caregiving in the reverse direction, it also works the same way that in some ways it's built into that relationship and there's not no way to avoid it, but that it's natural in that relationship because it makes sure that you do what you need to do. Right. That being said, um, certain people are more likely to turn guilt into shame, mm-hmm. which causes more problems. Okay. And that happens when people generally will form negative opinions of themselves. Okay. Right. So anything they do makes them a bad person. Okay. And that can come from the way they've been brought up and the way they were taught to think about themselves or in general how guilt was used in the family because very often parents will use guilt to keep kids in line. Mm. So if that's how you're used to thinking about your actions, then you're more likely to rely on those feelings. Interesting. So I basically don't know anybody. I've been I've been working with caregivers for 16 years. I'm a caregiver myself. I don't know any caregiver that doesn't have some feelings of guilt. Let's call it guilt slash shame for this right. discussion. Um, I just, it just sort of, it, it sort of comes with the territory mm-hmm. and even so, and I guess the shame part of it comes in even after the caregiving is over, you know, the, the loved one dies. I don't know anybody that doesn't feel some sort of shame, guilt, regret after that person died that they could have done more for that person, that maybe I could have saved that person. Or for right. me, I if I would have brought my dad to the hospital the night before, he would still be alive. He didn't have any symptoms the night before, but... I can't. Car- you should have known. I should. I carry this around. I've been carrying this around with me for seven years. That I missed something in him. That if I would have brought him to the hospital, he would be alive today. So, like, what what advice do you have for caregivers to to deal with this feeling? Because I feel like they're gonna feel it. Like most of the people right. I know are carrying this around. I don't know anybody who escapes this 100%. From well, a... that, if, if you think about what guilt is, right, it's your cue that you did something wrong. We all do things wrong, yeah. right, because yeah. we are not perfect. Right. So by definition, you have done at least some things wrong, Yeah. The, you know, in real life or not, or in your imagination, and hence you're walking around with guilt. What you're referring to is almost this like magical sense of control that if you were just a good enough daughter, yeah. right, this is more shame. Yeah. If you were a good enough daughter, you would have known and acted on it. Absolutely. He would be alive. Right. There's but there's nothing like I don't care how many people tell me that you how are you supposed to know? 
it's still this this feeling that I that I can't seem to to shake. So how do you how do you help caregivers deal with this? What tips do you have for caregivers? So let's separate the crazy shame that I'm feeling that on some level I know is not right. But like that day to day sort of, you know, I only spent two hours with mom today, I should have spent three hours doing puzzles with her, but I was tired, but uh, a bad daughter or mom wouldn't take a shower. And I said, you need to take a shower. What, how do you help caregivers feeling guilt, shame in the day to day? So I think I might have an answer that actually speaks to both your non-based on anything shame and, okay. and and every day because in a lot of ways it's all perception, right? So your perception that you should have saved your father is no different than your perception that you shouldn't yell at your mother. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, they're equally not really, nowhere doesn't say you shouldn't yell at your mother, right? Right. Um, it's just we prefer not to yell at our parents and we prefer to be able to do the kind of things that lead to good things rather than sad consequences. Mm-hmm. So what I would try to help people do is focus on the action. So you say to yourself, I should have spent more time with my mother. I am an awful daughter. Now what? Right. How does that lead to any action other than you feeling like you want to curl under, curl up in your bed, put a blanket over your head and not deal with anyone ever again? Mm -hmm. Right. So what I would encourage people to do is focus on what is it that you would like to get to. Right. So feeling like you're an awful daughter is an unlikely way to get you to act differently. Right. Because you're awful daughter anyway. So what's the point? Right. Right. And you can't save anybody anyway. So what's the point of trying? Mm-hmm. So what, it's almost going back to guilt over, um, over shame. But today I spent two hours with my mother playing puzzles. This was a good experience for the both of us. Tomorrow, if I can, I will do differently. But this worked for us today. Mm-hmm. Right? So focusing on what it is that you are able to do. Um, and focusing on where you want to go. So now you're setting goals rather than wallowing in self-pity. Right. Right. Do, yeah. do you understand the difference I'm trying yeah. to? Yeah. So you so I, so I guess it's just, I mean, it's just getting, well, for me, it's like, I guess, realizing you're human, you're, you're not going to be perfect. What can you do? better or different or right. what what can your non-perfect self do right instead of focusing on what can your non-perfect self do wrong I like that okay right because yeah. you're you can always pick the things you've done wrong but they haven't helped anybody versus like so for example if you spent your entire two hours with your mother worrying about the fact that you're not going to be able to spend three now you've given away the two hours you've had mm-hmm. right so worrying about the fact that you were unable to save your father takes away from you being able to enjoy the memories of him that were positive and the good things you did do for him. Right. So it, it erases that, everything. Like it erases. Right. So that everything. last impression undoes all the good you've ever done. Exactly. Right. And how helpful is that? It's is that the memory you want? No, it's And if painful. that's not the memory you want, then that's what you say to yourself. I am just causing myself pain 
I choose not to do that. Mm-hmm. I am going to accept that I couldn't have done anything differently. And hence, I will focus on my positive memories with my father instead of beating myself up continuously over this. Right. Because if I refuse to allow this event to erase all my positive memories. Yeah, I think that happens a lot also. I know um, for caregivers and for myself too, people will say to me, oh, you're you're such a good daughter. You're such a good person. Your mom's living with you and she's difficult, blah, 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 blah. And I can't even hear that. I just think, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't spend a lot of time with her or she makes me crazy. Or last night at dinner, I was so tired after work. I just read the paper and I didn't really talk to her at dinner. So I can't even let in that I'm sometimes okay and doing a nice thing for her because it all evaporates. So again, and because that's very black or white and perfectionistic, right? So unless, and, and people do this, um, with parenthood also, because unless you're a perfect caregiver, you're a bad caregiver, mm, mm, right? And right. there are shades of gray, right? Yeah. You could be a pretty good caregiver and more so you could be a pretty good caregiver today and okay giver giver tomorrow and a pretty awful one on Thursday. Right, right. Right? Yeah. You're not the same person every day. So it's okay to think, I am a good caregiver, even though I am not perfect at all times. I like that. So yeah. it's also helpful to learn to accept compliments, which people don't generally do well. Right. Right. Because if you did something wrong, both you and everybody else would be very quick to. So think about receiving compliments in that same way. Right. How quickly would you accept if someone said, you know, you really should spend more time with your mother? You'd say, yeah, I really should. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So in that same way, when you hear, wow, it's really great that you're having mom live with you so you can take care of her, you can say, yeah, it really is. Right. And how do you, yeah, uh, what, so when somebody, when another caregiver is telling you, oh, I feel so bad or I feel so guilty about whatever, what is the kindest thing to respond to that person? What what is what is a fellow caregiver or a friend to a caregiver? What's the what's the best way for people to respond to that? Well, and if you are in a similar situation, then you know, uh, offering normalizing is helpful, and that's different than sympathy because sympathy means like you're a victim, versus normalizing is I experienced this kind of thing too, um, and also. There's this idea of co-complaining, and it's where people complain about the same thing together, uh-huh. and that allows them in some ways to explore options for solutions without everybody having to have experienced those solutions. Right. So, for example, I feel guilty about not spending more than two hours with my mom, uh, you say to a friend, and your friend says to you, you know what, when I have that problem and I feel like that, I will usually call um my children and say they can spend an hour with grandma so that she's getting some attention, even if I can't give it to her. Mm. So that's both normalizing what you're feeling and also giving suggestions that aren't judgmental in nature. It's not how you should solve the problem. It's when I feel like this, this is other stuff I've tried. And when there's several people engaging in this, sometimes new ideas really do evolve and you can kind of benefit from the collective wisdom. Right. So so to to recap your tips for caregivers if they're if they're feeling guilt slash shame is 
focus on action, focus, realize that just feeling those feelings over and over again is not really changing anything. It's making you feel really bad and focus on what you can do a little differently. Uh, realize that you're not a perfect caregiver, but you're probably a good caregiver and there's no mm -hmm. such thing as a perfect caregiver. So even if you're good, that's good. Um, right. Right. And then accept compliments. If somebody tells you that you're doing a good job or that they really respect what you're doing as a caregiver, take that in, accept that. Don't necessarily just throw that away. Don't, don't, just don't discount that. Learn to take that as a compliment and feel good about it. Is that is that a good summary of what your thoughts are on this? Yes, definitely. And there's one additional point about shame is that shame tends to decrease the likelihood of seeking help because huh. an element of shame is no one should ever find out. That's true. So that's true. If I ask for help, I have to admit that I'm an awful daughter and I can't provide this care for my mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's as counterproductive as something could possibly be. Right. Because what you really want to do is get as many resources as you can and use them to the best way you possibly can because this is very difficult. Right. That's a great point because so that's ad true. Admitting yeah. that there is a problem isn't saying that only you think you're an awful person. The people you're asking for help probably think that you deserve compliments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get over your own impression of yourself enough, you might actually get some help right. and life may actually get easier. Right. Yeah. That's so a great now you're point. not only not an awful daughter, but you've got some help out of it. Right. That's a really good point because that's true. You feel so shameful. You don't even want to talk about it. It's too, it's too shameful you, and you don't want anybody mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. That's really a good point. Um, anything, any last minute thoughts or, um, overall advice when you've been working with caregivers all these years, any, any sort of advice that you want to offer people, not even associated with guilt, but just from your experience working with caregivers? Um, it'd probably be about resources. Find out what resources you have available. And sometimes it may be more more available to you that you might think mm -hmm. because different people are good at different things. So for example, no one might be able to take care of your mother, but they may be able to buy the milk and the eggs. Right. And if they can buy the milk and the eggs, then you don't have to figure out how someone's going to take care of your mother while you go do that. Right. So identify your resources and don't be afraid to use them. Again, going back to the idea of shame, you're not a bad caretaker if you can't do it all. Perfect. You're a good caretaker because you have figured out how to make this work. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Davelman. I want to give out some information about how people can find you. So if people want to learn more about you or the where you work, they could visit um, www.abramspsychservices.com. That's uh, A-B-R-A-M-S. PSYCHservices.com. And I'll have this all up when I when I post um, this. And also you write blogs. So if you go to yes. abramspsychservices.com, then you could click on the blog link on the top. And then you could see a that list one, of the blogs. That one doesn't actually that one doesn't actually have my blog listed. Oh, okay. um, the way you would find my blog is you would go to Dr. Davelman one word, DR Davelman one word wordpress.com and the blog is called can this help you okay dr davelman.com 
and the blog is called what is it? What is it called again? Can this help you? Dr. Dabelman.wordpress.com. Oh, okay. Can this help you? Perfect. Sorry, it's a little cumbersome. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us to help us walk through this really common and very painful feeling that a lot of us share in guilt. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Dabelman. Thank you for having me, and I hope this can help somebody. I do, too. Yeah, I hope that um, everyone listening gained useful information, and just really the goal is to ease your way in this difficult, very emotional undertaking called caregiving. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, and then you'll get updates about all the upcoming shows and all the expert interviews that I'm going to have on the uh, following shows. So again, thank you, Dr. Davelman, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day.